I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. It's a brand new year, but still the same people, so you'll <laughs> just have to put up with it. I am, of course, Matthew Wellington. I'm joined as well by Joe Helbert. Hello there, guys. And uh, this is the first podcast of 2016. 2015 has gone. We had a fantastic NBA year last year. We saw the Warriors win win a, a championship and completely blow the doors off the league, jump shooting their way to victory. We got LeBron returning to Cleveland. We had a, we had a fun year in the NBA last year, but we'll do something a bit different today. I think a lot of websites and all kinds of places are doing th- their own thing like this at the moment. So we're going to join in the crew, just you know, follow along with the sheep like everyone else. So we're going to do sort of New Year's resolutions for the teams. We're going to go through all, all of the uh, NBA franchise and try and give you something they may just be stupid or they may actually be relevant we've kind of gone through these and you know chucked bits and bobs together i might have one that's different from joe and joe will have one that's different for me but there's been a lot of games to cover we don't really want to cover all them i'm sure you all enjoyed the christmas games me and joe were just talking about the uh the warriors Cavs game before we came on saying that that was you know a real peach for christmas day it was a Great game to watch. Not exactly the, the highest scoring game, was it? But um, in terms of pure basketball, the, the sort of tenacity that both teams brought to the game, it was absolutely worth watching. And I actually thought BT Sport in, in the UK did a really good job of showing those games. They had all of that. And they had um, NBA Tonight did like a special preview where they actually got Cassidy Hubbard and, and the guys over there in ESPN to do a sort of a UK specific preview, which was quite cool, especially if you're not exactly, um, a, an educated fan or somebody who, who would listen to something like this. So we're going to get on with the show. Um, first of all, Joe, how has your new year been so far? Yeah, can't complain. Been enjoying, the, been enjoying the uh, six days of basketball. <laughs> yes, been enjoying the break as well. Yeah, I've had to, had to go back to work this week. We have a two-week shutdown because I work in the construction industry and it's like everyone comes back and they're just ill because <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's eating too much food and drunk too much and spent pretty much the, the past two weeks doing nothing because that's what you tend to do over Christmas. And it's just like what sitting in and watching the NBA was a good thing. And when I went to see Star Wars for the second time um, last night, there was an actual NBA advert because obviously Odeon are running um the NBA yeah. London and the cinemas so that's gonna be cool yes that will be good I wonder who'll go like would you consider it if you like if you got a bunch of friends who would watch the NBA in a cinema or is it a sort of thing that you kind of would probably just do at home watching on you know BT Sport <laughs> I'll, I'll probably go if I had if I get groups together we're mostly sports fans I think yeah, I think the problem I'd have is like I don't know any like proper local people in Norwich who are NBA fans or don't have any friends who are huge NBA fans. So for me, I'd rather sit at home and sort of watch online with like you guys and obviously Twitter and hashtag NBA UK and stuff. I'm I'm not going this year, which is which is a bummer. But there are a couple of our guys who are going. Some are going as press and some are just going as fans. But you know, I went last year. I went a couple of years ago. I went to the first games back in whenever it was 2011 or whenever the hell the I'm trying to find my ticket now. The Nets and the Raptors played 4th of March at the O2. Uh, God, that was years ago. Um, <laughs> and there were, there were two games that night, actually, because Andy went to the, I think it was a triple overtime game the second night, and Andy went to that one. But, you know, it's a good thing having the NBA over here, and I think that's, like, what, next week or the week after? So we'll have to preview NBA London and do our usual thing. But there's been loads of press releases and stuff about that, so if you do want to go more into NBA London, then please do uh, check out the website and check out Joe's website, Read Basketball, and everybody else, The Drop, and all those those great places. Go and have a look at them. Right, New Year's resolutions. Where do you want to start, east or west? I'll go the east. Go the east. Uh, do you want to go worst to top or top to bottom? 
Uh, we'll go top to bottom. Do you want to start crying first, basically? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cleveland Cavaliers, as it stands, these are the records that we've got at the moment. So this is the, uh, it's like five to nine on the sixth. So on the sixth, sorry, on the foot. Uh, yeah, on the sixth. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, the 23 and nine at the moment. My New Year's resolution would just be urgency. LeBron James went back to Cleveland with the mindset of, I know how to win championships. But the problem he's got is this team is, there's a lot of young players on this team. You know, Tristan Thompson just resigned a big contract. He's still young. Kyrie Irving's still young. Kevin Love, not, not as young as those guys, but doesn't necessarily have that mentality of getting into the playoffs because he's never, he's, well, he got there last year, but didn't play lots. So I think the biggest issue they've got is finding and, you know, maintaining some form of urgency. And I think LeBron has tried to kick that into them. Several articles and stuff recently on, um, like, you know, Sports Illustrated and big, you know, slam magazine, big magazines in the States have basically had LeBron James talking about how he needs to change the mentality of Cleveland as an organization. And I think the one thing he had in Miami was he went in there knowing that, you know, Udonis Haslam had won a championship. Dwayne Wade had won a championship. The organization had won a championship. Pat Riley had won multiple championships. Like it's built, it's an ingrained mindset in some teams in the NBA and, Cleveland doesn't have that and I think LeBron kind of wants to turn that around but the worrying thing is like if they get to the finals again this year and they lose like LeBron's record's not going to look great is it? No it's not but I think I think any any NBA fan will look at context he his Cleveland one the first one he went to when he carried them there on his back he was yeah. never going to win I, I'd always look at the concept but you're right for I think he'd be 2-5 and five if he lost one is it 2-5? and five? Yeah 2-5 and five, I think yeah yeah that's, that's it's not great reading, to be honest with you. It's, it's obviously not his fault, but that I don't think a lot of people care if it's his fault or not. They just like making fun of him for some reason. Yeah, that's the problem he's got is because he's going to be considered one of the greatest players of all, t- of all time, if not the greatest player of all time for certain generations. And that record in the finals doesn't look great, especially when you're trying to rack him up against like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, the, the, the guys who we all consider that amount, sort of, that sort of Mount Rushmore of the NBA, like people up there. If he goes in with that record, I think it'll look bad for him. But I just hope that the city of Cleveland and that the guys there can just all pull around him because that Cleveland team is immensely talented. It just has to figure it out and put it all together. And I don't know. Last year, a lot of people were thinking David Black kind of held them back. But I think the way Black coached that final series was possibly as well coached as it could have been considering the players he had. I mean, Matthew Delavadova playing... 35 36 minutes plus in finals games you wouldn't have expected that going in um so yeah for me it's just urgency what about if you're the same or um that but i also think they could do with another three-point shooter because i'm not sure um, about shumpet personally i think when miami won it under lebron they had a lot of really good three-point shooters yeah they've i think jl smith is a good one but he starts but off the bench I'm not sure Richard Jefferson has rolled back the years. He's he's playing quite well this season, but they could do with a guy like Kevin Martin, maybe someone who would just come in and give him shooting. Because Shumper, he's a good defender, but I think he's a bit of a um, a liability on offense. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they can where they can get that. There were all the rumors during the summer that they'd try and make a move for Joe Johnson of the Brooklyn Nets just to bring in an extra score. And I think that that'd have been a good move to make, but. Yeah, I can, I, I can get it. I mean, I don't, I, I think if I'm a Cavs fan, I still, I don't fully trust J.R. Smith. I don't think any team that he's ever been on, any fan would say they could, you know, would go out and trust him 
with sort of the game on the line. I mean, even the problem they've got is even LeBron, you don't necessarily think he's going to win you the game because like, if it comes down to him having to hit a three, he's still not actually perfected that part of his game. He's got a lot better. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not Stephen Curry. He's not Clay Thompson. Those guys are just going to knock it down if it's wide open. Whereas LeBron, you still got that air of doubt. Um, so yeah, those, that's, that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the Chicago Bulls, they're 21 and 12 at the moment. I think they're on a five game win streak. Um, and Jimmy Butler has been just lights out, like phenomenal broke um, Michael Jordan's Bulls career high scoring record the other night. Um, against the Toronto Raptors in a comeback win. That was actually on BT Sport. That was a great game to watch. Um, for me, actually, I'm going to let you go first. Sure. Uh, the Bulls for me, I think they're in a real dilemma. They've got in Fred Hoiberg as a young coach who wants to run a really modern offense. And they've, I think they've got a modern enough backcourt. Derek Rose is a little bit past it, but he's still probably good enough to start. But their front court just does not smack to me of sort of modern offensive players. Like you've got Joe Kim Noah's just a big bruising center and he's not even good at defense anymore. Mm. Pau Gasol, as much as I love him, I'm not, I'm not sure he's good enough to run that offense. So I think they need to get some youth into that team on the front court because I think otherwise you're wasting Jimmy Butler's best years. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the one thing I'm going with with Derek Rose is I, I kind of think they have to shop him this summer or at least look to see if they can get something in the trade window for him. Um, whether a team's going to be committed to doing that, I don't know because obviously Rose's history is not exactly great, but he's clear, like if you're looking at him and Jimmy Butler and that's where the supposed rift has been throughout the summer and throughout the regular season so far, He's clearly the weaker link. I mean, he's averaging 14.4 points a game, which is his career low, shooting just under 38%. He's not playing well at all. And admittedly, and this is a, you know, NBA tonight threw this stat up earlier on. When Rose and Butler play together, Butler's actually a better player, but the stats aren't a hugely significant, you know, rise to sort of have to have to commit to a guy who's been constantly injured for the last few seasons well also um if you look at the on and off stats they're actually better when kirk heimrich is yeah. on the court in place of Derek rose which is as much as i like heimrich but he should not be better than Derek rose and i think a lot of that blame has to go on rose kirk for that heimrich's a ridiculously good three-point shooter at least he has been this season like he was shooting phenomenal stats especially before christmas he was i think he was nearly something like three quarters of his shots or half his threes or something ridiculous i've i've got i've put down possibly trade or shop Joachim noah as well but like you said I, the, the problem is because of the way he's been I don't know if the value's there. You've got to contrast it because later on we'll obviously get onto other teams. But like you look at Memphis, I think that Chicago and Memphis maybe need to look at each other and see if they can work something out there because, you know, you could, you could bring, I think Zach Randolph could, could, could give the Bulls sort of their heart back, really. I mean, I wrote an article a few weeks ago about how since Tom Thibodeau's left, the whole mentality of the Chicago organization seems to have changed. You don't go into the United Center being scared anymore. And the Bulls used to lock you down. There used to be a war every single night you played them there. And it isn't like that anymore. Teams could kind of come in and dictate and do what they want to do. And I think if you trade Noah for someone like Zebo, you might get a little bit of that grit back, um, which you certainly need, especially once you get into the Eastern Conference playoffs. But the, the talent team, they're, they're, they're still really good. And the other thing I've just put down is for a, a resolution is play more Bobby Portis. I went on about it during the, the preseason and probably wrote a little bit about it during our, um, our season guide. But Bobby Portis is a really talented guy. Like he's, 
he can play in the NBA. He's not played a lot. I think he's played a couple of minutes every game for the for the season. But he's 20 years old. When he was in Arkansas, he was averaging sort of 17 to like 12 to 17 points a game over the two seasons that he was there. He's he's sort of he's an athletic freak, and I think he'd just bring a bit of a a different style. I mean, he's six foot eleven, maybe two hundred thirty, two forty pounds, something like that. He was the twenty second pick. I I think he's got the talent to, to sort of start in this team. And you know, Fred Hoiberg comes in from a college background. I think he maybe is maybe should try and make use of him. And like you like you've said, you know, that front court at the moment is a bit dated, and I think Bobby Portis might be able to to help change that. Yeah, it's sort of why I said a minute ago about the youthfulness, isn't it? They just they need the energy. Yeah, that's that's the word, energy. If you want to run a fast offense, you have to have high energy guys to do it. You, Noah just kind of like clambers around the court, doesn't he? and Gasol still talented. He's still got a nice jump shot. He's a good passer, but he's slow. You can't run a fast offense with old players. It's, it doesn't take a a genius to work that out. Yeah, per game he's averaging eight point six points. But if you look at his per thirty six minutes, he's averaging eighteen point seven. So I think you've just got to give him the chance and gamble. The Bulls are not bad enough that they're gonna drop out of the playoffs just because they're playing Bobby Portis instead of Taj Gibson or Joachim Noah or whoever it may be. Um the other thing you could probably look at is maybe moving Pau Gasol. The value's still there for Powell. I think he I think he'd love to go back to Memphis. If you could team him and Mark up together, it would be brilliant for the league, but I don't know if that is um is necessarily going to happen. Right, um moving on because we could end up spending 10 minutes on each team we'd be here forever. Um Miami, they're 21 and 13 at the moment. They've had a bit of a turbulent season. They've been as high as second I think in the Eastern Conference, but they've dropped down a bit again now. I've put consider trading Hassan Whiteside. Now it may seem stupid because he leads the lead in blocks uh, by he's got 132 blocks. The closest guy behind him is Serge Ibaka with 86. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a freak like the guy was all about getting his NBA 2k rating up last season and he's gone and done that he's sort of petitioning to get into the all-star game which you know is fair enough if he gets in he gets in um he's a great great talent a great sort of NBA personality to have he's always a real laugh when you see him on television um but I think if you're Miami right now there's a little bit of an issue going on there they need to get the spark because this team and I think me and Joe have said this before, like the talent on this, they sh- they could be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Like the amount of talent they've got on that roster, they just need to use it and they're not getting the most out of it. Like Dwayne Wade's probably playing too many minutes. They're not giving the ball to Chris Bosch enough. Uh, it, it just got stuff like that. Justice Winslow has been a revelation in, in his rookie season. I think they need to play him more. You need to get more out of Goran Dragic or you possibly have to look at maybe trading him. I mean, me and you were saying this just before we started recording, but you could get a big, you could get a lot of value for him. There'd be teams out there, Knicks, someone like that, you know, looking to get a guy like him because he's, he is a star and he can completely change your team. And we haven't really seen that. They've been a good team the last couple of years, but they're all healthy at the moment. They should, they just should, they should start to get it together a bit more and have a better record than what they've got. So I think even though Hassan Whiteside's contract is relatively small, um, I still think you've got to kind of consider trading him. Yeah, I think that's definitely an option. I think the, I think the problem is for Miami is just what I said to you before we start. Good, they need some shooting, and to get that teams don't just give up shooting. They, sorry, teams don't give up shooters. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> came out a bit wrong, but they're going to have to move Whiteside or Dragic to get one. 
And the thing is, Dragic is a good shooter. I just don't think he suits their offense. He he suit when he was good at Phoenix. He, he they played well. Phoenix for years have played in that sort of up tempo, seven seconds or less. That's what he suits. I think a trade I saw waved around was it would it would have to be a bit more dynamic than just a two team trade. But Miami end up with Tyreek Evans and New Orleans end up with um, Goran Dragic because Evans is a sort of ball stopper and I think Miami like to run that sort of slow offense whereas Alvin Gentry wants to just push that tempo and shoot 43s a night so they, they, they've got to do something because otherwise they're, they're going to get into the plus they're not going to they're not going to do anything they're too inconsistent yeah, there's, a, there's a weird stat somewhere like I think you can you can all go double check this but like the Miami Heat off their defense sorry is actually better when Whiteside's on the bench than when he's actually on the court. I, I don't know. Maybe he's a liability because he's constantly trying to grab rebounds or try to, try to make the big block. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one that, but I certainly think they've got, um, they, they certainly one of the, one of the teams in the NBA at the moment who should be taking a, a long, hard look at themselves with the, uh, the talent they've got. Um, moving on, Toronto, they're 21 and 15 at the moment. What have you got? Uh, Toronto. T dot playing in London. I would say Toronto, they need to get more production out of their power forwards. I'm not sure. Patrick Patterson has taken a big step backwards this yeah. year. And I think, yeah, that'd be it for me. I think they rely on Van der Lankyunis a little bit much in the in the front court. And he's he's very good, but you can't rely on one player for me. Yeah, maybe they try a small ball lineup before the playoffs just to see if it works. And then if you have some success with it, you... You run with it. Um, I've basically just put three words. I've put keep Carl Lowry, uh, keep Lowry fit. Um, because him in his athletics form that he is at the moment, the weight he's lost, he's a phenomenal player. He's the guy that the New York Knicks were trying des- so desperately to trade for a couple of years ago. He's the guy right now. And actually all of their backcourt, like Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Corey Joseph, like they've all been really good. And Damari Cowell is in there. He's had a, you know, a good impact. He's not exactly been as standout as he was in Atlanta last year but he, he went and got himself paid this summer but Corey Joseph for me has been phenomenal like when he's played he's, he dropped off a bit recently but he he has been earning the money that he got and so many of us were laughing at it during the summer but he's proved that he can handle some of the toughest defensive assignments in this league like he's been guiding Steph Curry and guys like this and doing a doing a good job on them and DeMar DeRozan, like the talent has always been there. He's just always been delayed by something, whether it's injury or something else happening. He's really kind of exploding this year. And the Raptors are fun this year. They weren't really a lot of fun last season. I don't know how they threw that game away at the weekend against Chicago, but, you know, you've got to, it's, it's a balance, like you said. If they play Valentunis, then they need another big man who can, can play with them. And Scola's playing really well at the moment. But I don't think they, those two work very well together. So if you're going to play Valentunas, you need a more traditional big man. Um, but I think if you're going to play Skola, then maybe you have to go for something a bit different and you, you have to sort of look for a hybrid in, in that situation. But they're still not a team that is frightening me at the moment. Maybe if they can sort out that rotation, like you said, and maybe try small ball, see what happens, that then they might become a team that is really one to worry about in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I just, I love what you said about Carroll as well. Great defender. Good pick up, proving me wrong. I've got to shut up about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on this season. Portland making everyone eat their words, and some it's the it's the year of backlashes for and and, and the Bucks as well. Everyone oh, thought they'd be God, good, yeah. and they suck. <laughs> yeah, I think Benny Bonsu from the drop was like they'll be with the third best team in the Eastern Conference or something. That's I had kind of... I had them to get 48 wins, which is not looking wow. good right now. No. Yeah. 
It isn't. Um, it's right. The Atlanta Hawks are 21 and 15. They've got the same record as the uh, Toronto Raptors. I've got two words yet again. Resign Horford. They, Al Horford is the heart and soul of this team. He is one of those guys. He's sort of, it's really a weird comparison, but he's kind of like Tim Duncan. Like, I think you just have to sort of repay him with what he's given that organization. Like, he's been constantly injured and he's had his chances to, to, to leave and get on a better team, but he's always remained faithful and I, I the hawks are a good team this year like there was they've, they've not really dropped off um massively compared to what they were doing last i think last season just came as such a shock to everybody i think you'd agree um that no one really knew that was going to happen and i just think for them it's just a pure case of you just have to sort of look look towards re-signing him at the end of the season yeah oh, and maybe maybe play kent baysmore a little bit less yeah Holford definitely they've got to keep him though Last summer it was sorry. This summer it was uh, to keep Millsap and Carroll. They only got one of them back. But um, the problem I've got with Atlanta is I think they're just. I think Kyle Corvus has taken a real spiral downwards. But I said it yesterday to someone who I know is a Hawks fan. The Hawks only have one guy who can create offense, and that's Jeff Teague. So when he when um if someone locks him down, which is teams are going to lock down your best player, Corver and Bazemore can't do anything apart from shoot threes and I just think they're lacking another star. And there's, I, I'm not sure if free agents want to go there. The big attraction is obviously Budenholzer because he's a top five coach in the league. But beyond that, this struggle, I, I think they, they, I think their ceiling is the nuggets of a few years ago. They're going to mm. be good, but are they going to be great? I'm not sure. Well, I guess they've got a, one other thing they've probably got going for them is just the new ownership. They've completely changed the way that franchise has run recently. So maybe you, you go for that. But I agree, Carl Corver certainly stepped off. And perhaps that's actually why they're playing. Um, you talk about a need for someone to create his own shot. Maybe that's why they're trying to play Baysmore a lot. Maybe they've got this weird theory that he can, you know, score the ball. Um, which he certainly can't do. So I don't know why they're running with that. Also, Tabo Cephalosha is a far better player. You've got issues with regards to, to, to him and what they want to do. I think he, he just brings a, a more defensive mindset, but he was a really good player when he was in, um, Oklahoma. So we'll have to see what happens, but I think they made the right decision in the summer sticking with Paul Millsap. They've certainly got a, a, a front court that scares the, the living daylights out of you when it is healthy, but at the moment they're just, you know, they're getting on, but they need to break the bank for Al Horford. It's as simple as that. That is, uh, their, their New Year's resolution from me. <laughs> Okay, the Indiana Pacers, they're 19 and 15. Um, what have you got? Oh, that's a tough one. All right. I'll, yeah, I, I spent a while thinking of this one. <laughs> pick, pick a direction. I don't... They, <laughs> no, because... Front or back. Moment, it's more that they're halfway to small ball, but they're still halfway to the way they used to play. I think you've got to choose to go one way. I, I'm i not sure about George as a power forward. They actually play better when he's at the three, but they just confuse me, that's it. I don't... I know they're trying to move to small, but I don't. I don't know if it's going to work. It's a, it was a tough one to pick one for this, but that's sort of find an identity, maybe. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'd agree. Um, I've put stop pissing off the officials because they've had a go at the officials the last few weeks, and it's not looked very good. Um, in terms of sort of marketing for them, um, I've put look to the future and make the most out of Paul George now while you have the chance, because Paul George is one of those elite players in the NBA. He's come off a, a terrible injury sustained last season. Um, and he's been incredible this year. And I just think the organization needs to sort of use their brains and, you know, Larry Bird and the guys need to get down and 
put players around him that are going to complement him and not necessarily, you know, make him have to do more than he has to do. Um, there's some, you know, there's talent on the roster. I think they've got some good players. Monte Ellis can, can score the ball when he wants, but he's still really erratic and not someone you could, you could trust. I think George Hill is possibly past it. I don't think he's been great the last few seasons. And then they, they've got this whole issue of whether they play Paul George at the four or whether they play him at the three. And I just think they, they'd really need to sort that out. And what, what they're doing with the, you know, what this roster's doing, considering, the the players on it is is phenomenal, really. Yeah, well, it was Frank Vogel, and it? he's fantastic. He's they're good at both ends. Which, they are they are the Dallas basically. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> they they have got a very limited lineup. Well, George is good, but beyond that, yeah, not a lot. And they just he just coaches them to the max, doesn't he? Like, I guess I guess the thing they've got that Dallas don't have. Well, I guess Dallas have it, and these guys don't. Dallas have got this weird mentality that they think they are, they can sign anyone they like in free agency. <laughs> Yes. India, Indiana never do anything in free agency. <laughs> they just sort of sit there and lap up what's left. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it doesn't look good. So that's why I've put that I think they need to look towards the future and start sort of preparing now because if you've got Paul George, you know, he's a year older than me, for God's sake. You've got to absolutely make the most of him while he's in this sort of prime period um, right now because a couple of years ago we were talking about him being like top five player. Um, he might still be the way he's been playing this season. So... You know, we'll find out at the end of the year, see what they can do in the playoffs. Um, hopefully they hang in there. Uh, Boston, they're tied at the moment with a record of 19 and 15 as well. Um, I've just put a really stupid one here because it is completely implausible, but I've put signed Brad Stevens to a lifetime contract. It's funny. That's what I was going to say for Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> um, when a coach comes in and has this much of an impact on a, on an entire organization, I think you've got to give the guy some serious credit. There's, immense talent on this Boston Celtics roster and I I kind of don't like saying it as a Lakers fan but they they'll get but they'll get back to where they they belong far quicker than the Lakers will I think just because their organization is going about it the correct way and I think Isaiah Thomas has come from Sacramento gone to Boston and just become this monster of a player who I think you can really rely on in, in NBA situations. And I think he's going to be a real catalyst and they've got so much talent. Even Evan Turner looks good under Brad Stevens and no one would have thought you'd have said that a couple of years ago. Yes. Brad Stevens is a great coach. So we're kind of building on what you said with regard to all that young talent. I would like to see them sort of maybe lean towards which ones they're going to build around because you can't keep them all because They've got a fair few draft picks, and also they're a free agency destination. So, I'd like them. I'd like them to sort of pick and choose the ones they build around you. I mean, Isaiah Thomas will be one, Jay Crowder will be another, but then beyond that, it's I guess it's a little bit confusing. I quite like Tyler Zeller; he's probably my favourite of theirs. They they need to trade Jared Sullinger. Actually, he is not good. He is really bad. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look at the point guard situation. Marcus Smart, I think he'd start on any te- a lot of other teams in this in this league. I think if 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 Dallas could put something together for him, then they'd probably go for it because they need a point guard. Um, but like you said, Jay Crowder's been like he's stepped up massively. I I liked him a lot when he was in Dallas, but that I even I did not see this huge immense step up from him Amir Johnson's still a good guy he just does what he does he always that's what he's done since he he played in Toronto and he's just a a guy that's been around the fringes for most of his NBA career and has has constantly been buggered by injuries but he's played um played well this year uh Avery Bradley 
is a guy I think they will keep. I think they're going to go for that whole David Lee, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder thing and see where it goes from there. But they could make a land. I mean, there was a load of rumors recently with what's going on in Houston that the Celtics could put something together for Dwight Howard, but I, I wouldn't do it. No, I, can, I can't believe I'm saying that because, you know, one, a couple of years ago, you'd have done anything to get Dwight Howard. Well, one, he's a coach killer. Two, he's not been good for like, I don't know, Half a year, maybe. Yeah. It was good last year, but this year he's been rubbish. He's not been that player that he was in Orlando. Well, I think I think when he left Orlando and he he had a LeBron had the decision, didn't he? Yeah. Where he, well, Howard had a similar thing. Everyone was like, he was linked with Dallas, Atlanta, <laughs> and everyone was after him. He, and he then could he ne- got traded to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> but when his contract runs out this summer, that's not going to be the case. I don't think teams are going to be lining up. I wouldn't take him at Minnesota. And we suck, and I wouldn't take like that. <laughs> so, I think he's kind of he's burnt all this. He's he's done a run though. He's burnt all his bridges, so he's going to have to go to whoever takes him, and it probably will be someone like Sacramento. Mm. Actually, maybe not a cousin. It'll be someone like that though. Well, that's another thing. The Celtics could quite easily. I think the Celtics could, if they put their mind to it, really put a package together that would entice Boogie away from from the Kings. Whether you give up two or three young players and a and a high draft pick to get boogie. It's debatable. Okay, Detroit. They're 19 and 16 at the moment. What have you got? Um, get some bench scoring outside Brandon Jennings <laughs> because I think Reggie Jackson is fantastic. They've got Marcus yeah, Morris has up. been good. Drummond is a joke in a good way, in a good way, not a bad way. He just, whenever, <laughs> well, I just, every morning when I wake up, I check all the box scores, just, you know, just see how people did. I don't even need to look at Drummond's. It's always going to be at least 15 points and like 29 rebounds. He's, <laughs> he's, he's so good. And Brandon Jennings is good as well. I think they could do with maybe a bench, a bench front or someone like Chris Kamen, maybe someone with some post moves. But other than that, I think they're set. They're, they're thinking for the future. They, they don't have to win now because even if Drummond tests free agency, they can match it and they will match it. Reggie Jackson's signed up. Colwell Pope has signed up, so they're they're set for the future. They just need to add a bench and keep doing what they're doing, basically. And their organisation, their backroom staff, they must be beaming with joy right now because everyone was all, oh, who do you get rid of? Is it Greg Monroe or Andre Drummond? And Andre Drummond always had that physical, like when he came into the league, everyone was like, the, what the guy can do if you can get his mindset to it and get the guys around him. He can, you know, be one of those transitional stars in this league. And I think we're kind of seeing it this season. He's just been phenomenal, like a real standout. And, you know, you mentioned Reggie Jackson. Like, who'd have seen this jump up? I mean, when he came into the, when he joined the Thunder, he was pretty much known as just being a guy dunked. <laughs> and he's, I don't know, he's taken his mentality from, from Russell Westbrook and, you know, just turned into a, a, a mini Russ of himself, who's slightly smaller in stature, but, They've, you know, Stan Van Gundy's just worked a miracle with this team. And I think he's put together a really good roster that works really well. It kind of complements each other. Um, you've got Cantavis Caldwell Pope's been, been good for them this season. Marcus Morris has come in and been a fairly good fit. Ilya Sova's playing well still. And the, the talent is, is there. It's just a shame that Jody Meeks is out because I think he'd have, um, really, he might have actually pushed them over the edge a little bit this season. Yeah, I think so. Dave. Yeah, Jody Meese was a big loss, wasn't he? But Stan Van Gundy. You look at the way they're tearing teams apart, like the way they've been stretching the floor. And I think if you had Jody Meeks, who is a pretty knockdown three-point shooter, I think he would have really 
started frightening teams in the Eastern Conference, especially. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think they'll still make the playoffs. I had them to make it at the start of the year. Not that means anything because I had the Bucks to get fifty wins, but yeah, don't listen to Joe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Van Gundy's brilliant. I think the thing with Jackson is. Van Gundy seems to be very good with point guards. He made Jermaine... I think Jermaine Nelson was an all-star under yeah, Van Gundy. Was, yeah. He's never done anything since then. You, and you don't lose <laughs> ability. So it's obvious that Van Gundy's I don't know, tactics, whatever you want to call it, just the way he goes about things, it gets the best out of point guards. And they're, I really enjoy watching them. I think I really kind of wish they had some better shooting because they'd make a lot of buckets if they did. Yeah, like, if you put them in terms of in perspective out of the 30 teams, they're the 11th best team in the NBA at the moment. They're the 8th best defensive team in the league and the 10th in opposing points per game. So they're playing, you know, some really high quality basketball, which is something that a few years ago we'd have probably laughed at because Detroit were just one of the laughing stocks. They had all the talent and they had all these players and nothing just seemed to fit. And then they got rid of Josh, they, they paid out to get rid of, um, Josh Smith and it's all turned around since then and they landed Van Gundy and, He's worked his magic, and they are a, a fun, interesting team to watch again. Speaking of another fun, interesting team, the Orlando Magic, they're also tied with a record of 19 and 16. There's a lot of wins in the Eastern Conference this season. Um, I've just put veteran presence. Yeah. I, I think they just need maybe one or two more guys just to sort of push that roster over the edge a little bit, sort out that whole Mario Hazonia situation as well. He's got the talent. He just, he's not NBA ready right now. <laughs> no, he's not. I, the thing I said with Orlando and some of them, me and Thomas spoke about, um, they need to trade for a start. I think yeah. they've got Alfred Payton, who's, I I really like him. He can't shoot, but you know, who cares? He can pass, defend and, and get to the, they've got Vicola Depot. They've got Tobias Harris, who's brilliant. He's a borderline all-star. They need a star in there because that otherwise, as I've mentioned earlier, that Nuggets team of 2012, that's their, that's their ceiling. You cannot push to the next level without a star, in my opinion. So maybe go and get DeMarcus Cousins, something like that. I guess a star would bring out that out-and-out score as well, which they kind of lack, because Victor Oladipo, you could argue, he scores the ball, but he's not exactly someone you'd probably rely on in a clutch situation. Well, also, I think Oladipo's peak is about, what, 16 points a game? and Probably. You, you need someone to be pushing at least sort of 24, 25. But yeah. in my, some people might disagree, but I just think they could do with someone like I saw someone like I don't want to get mellow that would be bloody stupid yeah, that's but, a weird one that is yes it is maybe uh, Mark maybe Marcus Soul yeah maybe or uh, I don't know what the cap situation is like but if you get a chance to go for someone like Mike Conley at the, in the summer then then go for it I just think if they've got trade, if they've got to make trades the problem they've got is teams are going to want Vucevic maybe they're going to want Alfred Payton and Oladipo but I think that's kind of it I don't think they're trading Tobias Harris either I don't think he's even on the table so the the, the situations are sort of slim pickers there if you are a t- if you are looking to make a trade for somebody but if the tra- <laughs> boogie like you said it's the Sacramento Kings they could take well, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps or something the trade I suggested for Cousins but it, was, it wasn't originally me it's if Bill Simmons it if you worked it out there's a Bill Simmons trade actually and most of the time I see Trace and I was on like I'm just like, shut up. That's a terrible idea. This one was good. I thought it would have been, sorry, it would be Nick Vucevic, Mario Hazonia, and yep. two first rounders, including this year's first rounder, which is probably going to be in the range of about 10 to 16. I thought that was quite fair. That's they a get, boogie. 
Yeah, if they get a front court scorer, they get Hazonia, who has a lot of potential and fits George Carl's system. And then you get two first round. I think that's relatively fair. I, yeah. That's that's the best trade I've seen in a while, but it, I, I can't see it happening because I think Carl and Cousins are getting on better now. I watched uh, the Kings last night and they seem to get on very well. George Carl's a winner, man. That's just the way he is. Uh, it was always going to, I think it was always going to turn itself around a little bit. Um, Okay, the Charlotte Hornets. They're 17 and 17 at the moment. Um, what, what, what do you think? Uh, oh, my God. This is another tough one. This is like Indiana because they've got some good players. I think maybe get a um, a bench center. That's, that's not very exciting, is it? Uh, <laughs> they've got Steve Clifford back. He's a good coach. I, I think Batum might be out of contract this summer. I actually know he signed one, didn't he? He signed a new one. Yeah. I think so. There's not a lot they can do. Improve their bench, make make the playoffs. Should we just say make the playoffs? Because I think they're good enough to. They just need to find a bit of consistency. I've I've initially got um, pushed the boat out for Al Jefferson this summer because I think if I think if you want to be one of those contending teams in Eastern Conference, you've got to re-sign him. I know he's thirty, but I think if you if you've got to go out and get a player who can make an impact, he's going to be one of those guys you need to keep. Um, I also think the one thing you've probably got to look at in this corresponds to Jefferson because obviously Jefferson's, he's, I think he's out for six weeks at the moment and he's 30 and he's getting on. How, how much do you trust that young core of Kemba Walker, MKG, Jeremy Lamb, Cody Zeller, you know, Kaminsky, guys like that? How much do you trust them? And if you don't trust them, are you willing to make the moves to sort of to resolve that situation? And I know it's not really fair me putting MKG in there because he's been out all season. Um, he's a phenomenal player. But is there going to be a point where they get fed up of Jeremy Lamb or get fed up of Cody Zeller or get fed up of Kemba Walker? That's the the bit for me. They play. They've been playing really well at one stage, and Kemba Walker's upped his game immensely. And I I did not like Kemba Walker. Um, you know when he first came into the league, and I've always thought he's, he was just a. I don't know, a bit of a show pony really, but this season he's played well and his stats have proved that he's, he's played well. Um, but for me, I think in general, the Hornets just need to look at that young court and assess the situation and figure out what they're going to do with it. Um, because obviously they'll have my major money to commit to Al Jefferson if they do want to re-sign him. I think, yeah, they need to keep out. He's a great offensive centre. I just think, again, they're going to be danger of maybe being one of these teams that just sort of hit a ceiling because it depends how good Kaminsky gets. A lot of their yeah. future depends on him. And if or if um, Batum can keep playing like this because he's at all-star level right now, I think if he drops off, then you might have to look at stuff again. But well, that's he, the thing. You, you're gonna, you've got to think he is going to drop off at least a bit yeah. because players don't just suddenly become all-stars when they... He was good in Portland, but he wasn't an all-star level. But that's what you gamble for that Al Jefferson because back when they got into the playoffs and they faced, I think it was LeBron's Heat in the first round. Yeah, yes, um, they did. He was out for for that for bits of that series, but he was the one guy that everyone just assumed would push them over the edge. And I think he played a couple of games of that series. My memory's got all fuzzed the last few years, but um, he played really well and was one of those guys that the Miami Heat didn't really like playing against and was kind of scared of. And those few games sort of proved his where he is as a player whether you want to jump for him this season. I mean, I think he's averaging 12.5 a game or something like that. So not great, but he's one of the guys that you, I think you you kind of have to resign him if you want to have a, a legit core there that isn't full of youngsters who aren't entirely sure what they're doing yet. Okay, where are we? The New York Knicks. It's taken a long while, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know what to put, so I'm going to go over to you because I've just put Porzingis, but that makes no sense. <laughs> um, oh, that's an interesting. One. All right, um, work out which role players they want to build around long term because they this summer they signed a lot of sort of meh players, didn't they? Like Kylo Quinn, Derek Williams. Try yeah, and that's work, a word. <laughs> try, try and work out which ones you want to keep. And I mean, Porzingis and Mello, they're not going anywhere, are they? Aflalo has been really good. Maybe keep him. Uh, there's again, there's not a lot they can do because a lot of people are expecting to be bad. They're actually really fun to watch. They're probably my league pass team at the moment. If I didn't find Mello unbearable to watch, ah, uh, God, I don't know what to. Uh, uh, can I can I can I skip? <laughs> yeah, we can skip the Knicks. I don't know what to put the Knicks. Sorry, Knicks fans. Porzingis has been amazing though. Um, okay, so the Washington Wizards—they are fifteen and seventeen at the moment. Um. I, I'll, I guess I should go because I chucked you the last one. Start working on a marketing campaign for Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, you, you, you're having issues this season. Uh, just get your marketing campaign. Get those guys with those Macs. Get them all ready. Get them prepared. Get them going out and handing out the flyers and you know making sure that that arena's full and that you can do all these sort of press campaigns. And you need to entice that guy to your city. That's what I've put as a New Year's resolution. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Simple as that. That's, that's that one done. <laughs> the one for me, actually, stop running small ball. They shit at it. Stop running. It doesn't work. Like, I'm going to write something on teams need to stop copying small ball because it worked for the Warriors. It worked for the Warriors because they have four of the best shooters in the NBA in Barnes, Green, Curry, Thompson. John Wall, he's not right for small ball. He ca- he's not even a good shooter. He's not bad. He's not like Rondo, but they, everyone is trying to copy them. And the only team it's semi-working for is uh, Orlando. And that's because they're coached by a genius. <laughs> it, it annoys Washington me. I watch, I watch them. I'm so frustrated because John Wall is the best point guard in the East. And it's painful to see him running a system that doesn't work. They're terrible defensively as well because they, they push everyone up and crash the boards and they give up so many easy fast break points. It's just terrible. Yeah, stop running small ball. That's my rant on this podcast. True, that I can hear you. There's some, there's definitely a bone to be put there. You're going on like you want to punch someone. <laughs> They're not even your team. It's just frustrating because they've got the best backcourt in the second best in the league behind uh, behind Golden State. That could even be better in a couple of years because I think Bill's a lot better than Clay Thompson. But just run a system that suits your team. Don't try and be the Warriors because no one can be the Warriors. The Spurs haven't tried to be the Warriors. The mm. Spurs have played their um, their basketball. Well, the Spurs are they're their own thing. You can't. I don't think you can compare anyone in the NBA to the Spurs. No. <laughs> okay, Milwaukee, fourteen and twenty-three at the moment. Controversial one because we have a a couple of Bucks fans. That- Do we? Where? Where? Dave Fraser's a Bucks fan. I can't hear them. Oh, yeah. Um, Dave. <laughs> trade one of trade one of Greek Freak Parker on Monroe because they have zero floor spacing. And I would trade Parker because I think Greek Freak is better and you've just signed Monroe. So what's the point? So I just think you need you need some floor spacing and they don't have it. And I don't know if they're going to develop it. They're really bad to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. My, my resolution for them would be if you can figure out how to do it, build a flipping time machine and go back to before summer and don't sign Greg Monroe. 
because <laughs> he's he's messed them up a little bit. I thought he'd turned his it turned the page a few weeks ago when they uh they beat the Warriors and he, he looked quite competent. But like you said, he's he's more of a hindrance to them than he is a, a bonus at the moment. So yeah, I agree with you. That's a that's a nice easy one. Um, the Brooklyn Nets they are ten and twenty four. Why do we have to talk about the Brooklyn Nets? Um, just trade Joe Johnson for his sake and for ours because he's a good player and we'd like to see him on a better team. Please, thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, I've got nothing to add to that. They, <laughs> they don't own their pick. They've got no real young talent. I guess keep Brook Lopez healthy because he's their only good player. Actually, no, Fad Young's good as well. Just Yeah, I like that. Appreciate your front court. That That's about all they can do because they are, they've got the worst back court I think I've ever seen. In the NBA. Apart from when the Knicks tried to play Sasha Vujicic, that was bad as well. I can't believe Vucevic is still in the NBA, let alone playing for the Knicks. He shoot, is... He's shooting like 24% from the field. Yeah. He's really, really bad. Ridiculous. Um, okay, the Philadelphia 76ers, 4-33. I guess we've both got the same one here, so I'm just, stop drafting centers. <laughs> stop, stop drafting centers and... Grow a pair. Play some basketball. <laughs> the process is over, isn't it? Sam Hink is gone. Colan- Colangelo has already made some nice meal. I like the Ish Smith pickup. Mm. D'Antoni's involved as well now. Yeah, I like... D'Antoni gets a lot of negative press. I know he wasn't very good at your Lakers. But, but what? He had one bad year with the flipping Lakers. Why does everyone... I don't get it. And I'm a Lakers fan. And it wasn't even his fault. It was Dwight's well, fault. No, also, yeah. <laughs> You didn't give him a single player for um, his system. He needs like shooters, and you didn't have any. And we gave him Steve Nash on crutches <laughs> and yes. Kobe in a wheelchair somewhere. Meta- no, Kobe wasn't in a wheelchair that season. I take Meta- that back. Will. You had World Peace as well. So. Oh, yeah, the three-point demon that is Ron Artest. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, be, at least they've made some positive moves, I guess. Yeah. Just my news resolution, keep going in this direction. Stop losing on purpose. Yeah. Reverse the tank. Stick it in reverse and reverse that tank. That's as simple as that. It's nothing wrong with tanking, but it's when you do it year after year after year. You could do it like Minnesota have tanked, but we've it should stop next season, I hope. Yeah. Milwaukee tanked for years as well. They did. So yeah, it's about getting the right time. They make good moves. I like the D'Antoni move, that's a good one. Okay, so that, that has been the Eastern Conference. We'll be back after a uh, very, very quick break with the, uh, the West. A bold odyssey continues for those who carry the light into the darkness. A golden glow which shows the way to all. This is their mission. This is the quest on TNT. Hey, Steph, why am I the only one without a torch, man? Good thing I got this flashlight on my cell phone. Hey! Where y'all going? Y'all can't leave me. I got the trophy. Oh, I almost dropped it. <laughs> Okie dokie. So on to the next one, the Western Conference. Traditionally the best conference in the NBA, but this season seems to have turned everything on its head because there's a lot. there seems to be a lot more wins um, in, the, in the East than there is in the West. So we'll get on to the West. Obviously, we'll start with the Warriors. Um, there's not really much to say here. They are 33-2, and two, which is insane. I can't believe I'm saying that. And I've just put lock Stephen Curry in a box. <laughs> because like, he's getting all these these niggling injuries and he doesn't necessarily need to be playing as many minutes as they're playing because like Joe said about five minutes ago they're the best team in the NBA 
It's not even close. And they've got four guys who can stretch the floor. I don't necessarily think you need Stephen Curry out there every night playing 30, 40 minutes. Um, so yeah, just sort of wrap him in cotton wool and stick him somewhere safe until you get to the playoffs and then just, you know, open him up like a box of tricks. Basically. Yeah. That's, that's so, there's nothing I can add really. I try about a month ago, I did an article on uh, who every team should trade. And the best I came up for the Warriors was Mo Spates. <laughs> and that's because he doesn't play anymore very yeah. often, but they don't need to trade him. He's not a detriment to the team. So there's nothing they can do really. I mean, Steve Kerr doesn't even need to come back. No, just let Luke Walton, uh, Luke Walton win a championship. It's the way forward, man. <laughs> I can't believe we're saying that either. That's weird. Um, okay, San Antonio, they are 30 and 6. Um, currently the two seed in the Western Conference. I've just put keep it up. They've been phenomenal. They're the best team in the NBA defensively. They're number one. They let in, they average 95.1 points a game. Um, I think they're the third best offensive team. They're just, what the hell is in the water in Texas? Well, specifically San Antonio, because it's clearly not, well, I don't know. It is happening a bit in Dallas as well. So maybe it is a Texas Springs or something this year, but Popovich has been phenomenal. He, he's getting excellent rotations from everybody. Like they've got a really deep roster there. Kawhi Leonard has been unreal. I think he's the only Spurs player averaging more than 30 minutes a night as well. Um, I just think the one thing they've got to possibly worry about is if the, is the Oklahoma City Thunder because they're going to keep on running and rolling and they're going to play as well as they have been playing. And I think you want that second seed in the Western Conference just so you avoid the Warriors for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, basically they've just got to keep doing what they're doing, keep developing guys and keep letting Kawhi do what he does. He's my MVP, um, candidate at the moment. Yeah, he, he's just been ridiculous. Some of the moves he's been making, I think I watched the Pacers game a couple, a week or so ago. And, you know, some of the scores, it's just, I can't believe that guy can do what he can do, considering the sort of, you know, came into the league with not a lot of hype. People just assumed he'd be a, a, an average player, a good NBA player, somebody who could provide, but to get what they got. And, yeah, didn't they trade George Hill for him or something ridiculous? Something like that, yeah. He didn't come into the league with a big rep, but I thought he'd just be a three and D guy. But he's so much more. It's like Dream and Green. They just, they are both. They're my top two MVP candidates, actually. Yeah, well, Kawhi Leonard scores this year as well. Like he doesn't, he's scoring up like the last after he won that MVP in the finals. His scoring went up last season, but it's rocketed up this season. I think he's averaging something like twenty points a game, which is more than he's averaged the last two sort of seasons. So. I think he's really stepped up hugely. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 24 and 11 at the moment. What have you got, Joe? Uh, well, it's, it's more for what Billy Donovan needs to do. He needs to do what he said he was going to do and run more of an offense. Because he always envies, like, yeah, I'm going to introduce this. But to me, they look exactly the same as they did last year. And people can go, oh, you know, they've got a winning record. If you have, I could coach that team. And they would have, <laughs> they have a winning record, it's, yeah. It's true, though, isn't it? They've yeah. got Durant and Westbrook, Annie Backer. I could coach them to a winning record. I, I wouldn't be able to do much in practice, but it, it just <laughs> seems like they go, he goes, go out there and play. They average the least passes per game in the league, which is worrying. So there's not a lot of ball movement there. I just think they're just not. I kind of, I, the only reason they're in that category of uh, contenders is because they got Westbrook and Durant, not because they're a really good team. Yeah, it's really strange because you, you, you'd, you'd say that, but then if you go, you go and look at like where they are offensively, like there's the second best offense in the NBA, the 10th best defense. Um, the one thing for me is weird is the 14th in pace, which I always find a bit strange considering the players, um, 
that they've got. But for me, I've just put, you need to keep the pedal down. They need to push for that second spot, like I said earlier. They need to knock San Antonio out of that. They need to avoid Golden State as quickly as possible. Um, uh, and, you know, that's the one thing everyone in the West is trying to do at the moment is get, is make sure they can go through the playoffs as long as possible without, without facing those blooming warriors. So, uh, and the other thing is just, there's really obvious re-sign Kevin Durant in the summer. Go out for it this year. Go for it. Go for the championship. Chuck everything in. If you have to make a crazy trade on trade deadline, then, then, you know, do it. But I think they're getting production from players they weren't necessarily expecting their production from. Carl Singler's looked good this year. Enos Cantor's stepped up. Um, Andre Roberson has, you know, been playing as, as well as, as, as ever. Uh, and like you said, they've got Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. They're never going to have problems winning basketball games. Anyone can coach them. It's just a case of getting the most out of them. And they had a couple of wins early in the season where they looked like they'd started to turn, t- sort of turn the tail and run a new offense. Um, but you know, that was one or two games. We haven't really seen that for the, for the whole season so far. So. I agree with you. I think they just need to keep what they're doing and maybe sort out their offense a little bit, despite the fact they're still the second best in the NBA, <laughs> <laughs> which is silly when you hear about it. Um, okay, the Clippers, twenty-two and thirteen. Uh, what, what do you think? Right, this is a this is more of a rant. Oh, you love ranting about the Clippers. I think we might just give you your own podcast that is just about the Clippers. <laughs> they their fans need to stop thinking they're going to get an elite sixth man for a trade. They have absolutely nothing to give up. What I saw a Clippers fan say that they could easily get Shabazz Muhammad. If we want to get rid of Shabazz Muhammad, we are going to have to give up. Sorry, someone else is going to have to give up a fair bit. They've got, they've literally got nothing to trade outside that big three. So, sort of a round piece for that. But, but ironically, their um, New Year's resolution will be to get some bench, but I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I think they're in a bit of that. They're in a sticky situation there. I've just put get to the playoffs. Like, yeah. Just, they're, they're good enough. The talent's there. They should get to the playoffs. Just get there and then it'll be fine. They'll sort it all out once they get to the playoffs, as they did that last couple of seasons. Once they get to the playoffs, it's each game, every night. You don't have to worry about the 40-odd games ahead or back-to-backs or anything like that. Well, might have to worry about some back to backs, but you just have to get on with that situation that you are put in then and you might end up with an upset win like you did against the Spurs last season. And you know, that was that game seven series last year was phenomenal. That's the best series I think I've seen in my twelve or so years watching basketball. Like that was a, that was phenomenal. That blew me away. Just get to the playoffs. You've got all the talent. It's all there. Uh the funny thing is everyone's going on about they could shop someone like Chris Paul. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It might have been CBS or Bill Simmons or somebody this week, maybe Yahoo, because they've got a really fantastic new podcast. Um, talking about moving Chris Paul for Goran Dragic or something like that, but I don't think the Clippers would do it. No. Um, it's a situation they've got there. I think Blake Griffin needs to play better, needs to develop more, needs to round himself out a bit more. Um, he was getting heavily criticized a lot on ESPN this week. Um, because Draymond Green was obviously in the same draft class as him and has, has turned himself into a guy who's averaged three triple doubles in three straight games and is on the line of tying Magic Johnson and, Roger, and Russell Westbrook's record of triple doubles. And then he might get Jordan's, which is seven, I think. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I think you, Blake Griffin's got to just sort himself out a little bit. He's still kind of, he's not one dimensional anymore, but he isn't quite there. Like he's still not the guy you think he's, top five player in the league like last year we all thought he was or the year before I can't remember which one it was they've sort of merged into one but he's not been that guy this year 
and DeAndre Jordan, what? Why bother resigning him? You barely do anything with him. Yeah, they they were supposed to give him a, an extended role in the offense, weren't they? But it's just not happened. He should have gone to Dallas. Yeah, I said it. Done. I said it at the time. I think me, you, and yeah, we someone, did a pod where it actually gone, and we're all hyped about it, <laughs> and then it all changed. I would rather play for Rick Carlisle than Doc Rivers any day of the week. He's a nicer guy and he's a better coach. So DeAndre, I, I don't really feel sorry for him. I'm not saying he deserves unhappiness because he changed his mind, but I don't feel sorry for him. They, they're obviously going to say, oh, yeah, we'll give you a bigger role in the offense, aren't they? Because they want to keep him. They'll say yeah. anything. But he, I think he, does, he, he didn't look at the broad situation as a whole. Like, he's got to look at where that Clippers organization is going. And yes, they were on the, they, they, they could have been on the borderline of championships, but it's the Clippers. They don't tend to have that reputation. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, Dallas, they are 20 and 15. Rick Carlisle is a Jedi. They've been unbelievable to get what they've been getting out of Dirk Nowitzki, Darren Williams, guys like that. It's been phenomenal. And the game last night, did, did you? I've, I caught the highlights. I didn't watch the full game, but they were down seven, I think, with eighty seconds left, and came back and won it. Um, Darren Williams with a corner three, falling over, fell into the crowd, like hit the floor as, <laughs> as he hit the three. Dallas just going out there and proving it wrong. And I, I really hope they keep going because we could get this matchup that is Dallas and, and the Clippers in the first round. Oh, that'd be great, and, wouldn't it? It, it? Yeah, it'd be great because like you'd have Zaza Petulia taking it to Andre Drummond every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Andre Drummond, but let's just say yeah, Andre Jordan. <laughs> It was um it was I watched that game, it was really good. It was the first game I've watched in probably about a week and it was it was really, really good. I like the way Dallas play. They're they run a playbook offense. I think he calls nearly every play, but they're quite exciting and it's nice to sit I like watching teams who get the best out of what they have. Like JaVale McGee came on last night, I think for about I don't know, twenty one minutes, and he had Thirteen points, ten rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. I think that just sums up the genius Rick Carlisle is because Javale McGee. Well, he's been he got released by the Sixers. That's when you know you're at rock bottom. <laughs> so the job the job Carlisle's done is fantastic. My news resolution for them would be don't change anything, don't make any trades because they did it. They made a trade last year. It was disastrous. No one expects them to win anything. They've got Raymond Felt and Devin Harris, all them lot. They're playing well. Just keep doing what you're doing. They'll be fine. Yeah, they've got four starters averaging um, double figures in terms of points. So, like, Dirk's averaging 17.3. Darren's up there with 14.8. He looks loads better than he has done the last couple of years. years. And then even JJ Berea, like, backup point guard by anyone's account, is averaging above 10 points a game. And the one thing Dallas has always had problems with is this point guard issue. And, I don't know, maybe you could say... If they'd have got that whole Rondo thing to work, then maybe this team would have been a lot better than they were. But considering what they've got this year, they've just been phenomenal. And like we said earlier, they, they, they sort of, they juxtapose Indiana. Like they just, they get the most out of what they've got. And it's, it's incredible to watch. And Dirk just, you know, Dirk does not get old. Um, they need to put a, a statue of him outside the arena. Um, it's got to be that fadeaway as well. I don't want it to be anything else. It has to be that fadeaway, that one legged fadeaway. Um, but yeah, I just think what they're doing to be the way they are. The biggest thing for them for the for this year is just to keep it up. Really, if they drop off, then they could really slide down quite quickly. I think in that Western Conference. But if they keep playing the way they're playing, then yeah, like you said, we we could get that. Um, we could get that matchup that we all want. Um, okay, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies are nineteen and seventeen. 
Uh, do you want to take this one or shall I have a pull? Yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, sign some shooters. Matt Barnes should not be any team's lead three-point shooter. Absolutely. That's, that's about it. And as you, you, I think, are proud to say, make the moves quickly. Don't wait until the last day. Yes, go for it. Chuck it all out. Chuck the toys out the pram. Keep, you know, keep, uh, Mike, try and keep Mike Conley. Do your best to keep Mike Conley. Do everything to keep Mike Conley this summer, actually. He's the best point guard in the, in the, in the summer coming up. Keep Mike Gasol and then figure out what you can do with everyone else. The problem they've got is Jeff Green, Courtney Lee, Matt Barnes, like you said, Mario Chalmers. They're all unrestricted free agents this summer. So, and you know, Jeff Green's been always one that, like, it's really funny because Jeff Green is always such a talented player, but, he doesn't seem to be, no one seems to be able to get the most out of him. And last year it looked like we were going to get something really great from him and it never quite epitomized at the moment. I think if you've, if you've got a chance this summer to sign someone like Jeff Green, you want to sort of see if you can get the best out of him, then I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to struggle to keep. And Mario Chalmers is a fairly good backup point guard, maybe even starts on some teams in this league. And like they just need three point shooting and we've said it so many times on this podcast and everybody has said it like any website or whatever it is you read or listen to everyone says the same thing the Grizzlies just need scoring because they're like a dinosaur trying to face off against a, a, a nuclear weapon or something it's just it isn't good. it's it's not going to win because they, they they haven't got the weapons to, to, to deal any significant damage back and when they're playing like the Warriors and they're getting run all over the court and even someone like Portland you know Portland is such a young team that just runs up and down like a yo-yo they can't cope, and I think if like earlier, I think if you trade someone like Zach Randolph, I think you're still going to get significant pieces back for him. Um, so yeah, I think they have to make the moves now before it is far too late, and before they don't really have a chance. And they've got to impress Conley as well. That's another thing. You have to impress that point guard that you want to keep. You can't just say we're going to do this and then not do it. Um, so that's what I've put for them. Um, the Houston Rockets. They are 17 and 19. Um, I've put just wake up. The talent they've got on this team is there. Clint Capella, guys like that. They're, they've got a really talented front court, especially, you know, Jonas Montetunas, um, Terrence Jones. Fair enough, Dwight Howard's not playing like he has been, like we said earlier, but they've got such a good rising front court there. And I just think they need to make the most out of it. They're really not doing well at all. Maybe you float Dwight Howard in the, in the trade market or something. I don't know. Oh, God, this is another tough one for me because. I'm in. I'm divided on Houston. Half of me says blow it up. Honestly, like literally, just trade Lawson. That's a very Dalmory thing to do, though, isn't it? It is. That's kind of why I think it. Trade, trade Beverly. Trade Lawson. Trade Demo. Keep Harden. Obviously, you're not going to get anywhere if you trade him. But I just they should be doing better. I think the big mistake they made was not getting a better coach in this summer. I think teams the problem with NBA teams is they don't act decisively enough and you've they I think they've kind of lost their window now because they've got the talent on that roster but it's not used properly they're on too much ISO there's not enough off the ball movement there's not enough passing it's just they're poor they're really poor and I they don't deserve to make the playoffs I'd rather see the Kings get in there than them at least they play proper basketball it's really strange as well because like the roster is majority the same as it was last season, minus a few you know players, Josh Smith, guys like that who aren't there anymore. And James Harden carried that team last season most of the year by himself. And this year they haven't been able to do that. And they've had Dwight Howard back, and he's played well when he's played. But they just look like they look like a they're a step behind everybody else in the conference. Um, so yeah, they, I think they're in, in a bit of trouble. Um, the Utah Jazz. 15 and 18 at the moment. What what do you reckon for the, the old Utah Jazz? 
The Utah Jazz, they've had a lot of injuries, so you, you, it's maybe difficult to sort of say, oh, mate, trades, do this, do that, because we don't know. Get more medical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rudy's injured, isn't he? I, someone else is injured at the moment, but X, other than X, and someone else. out, Rudy's injured, Burks is out. Burks, that's the one. Yeah, they've got a few injuries, haven't they? I mean, just develop the young talent. I know it sounds obvious, but they don't need to be good yet. If they make the playoffs, that is brilliant. I mean, no one wants to come up against them. They're horrible to play against. They are so they're so good at defense. I, I'm I'm serious. If the Warriors end up against the Jazz, they'll be thinking, "Oh no," because <laughs> they because you have to wear it for every bucket against them. Teams don't want to play that. They'd rather play against someone who's sort of more gung ho, someone like Sacramento. I just think. For Utah, I don't think they need to trade for a point guard. Exum's coming back next year. Hayward can handle the ball anyway. Your point guard doesn't have to be your ball handler. Trey Burke's not might... been that bad this year either. No, he's not. He was he was a bit of a sort of um, on court letdown, wasn't he? He just kind of used to. Yeah, he's the guy. He... They all. He was always floating around the trade rumor mill. Like he's he's they've got to move him. They've got to move him. But you can't. You can never get anything for him. So yeah, and Alec Burks. I think he's quite good too. I like Alec Burks, yeah. The key has been there for him. Favors and Gobert is good. The only thing with Gobert is he needs to develop something on offense. He doesn't need to turn into DeMarcus Cousins, but he, he can't even pass. That that could be a problem for them in the future. So maybe develop more of an offensive skill set on their guys. That's about it. Yeah, a more wider variety of layups as well. Really just sort of seems to go for the same one all the time. Like you could watch one highlight of Rudy Gobert and that's all you ever need to watch of him. Um no, I agree completely. I've just put keep going. Um, wait until you get those pieces back because the thing is when they're like this, you think, hang on, they need a scorer. Oh, wait, well, that's Alec Burks. He's out injured. Um, and then you think, hang on, they need someone who can create offense and is, is you know, really good off the dribble. Oh, wait, that's Dante Exum. He's also out injured. Um, <laughs> maybe, and another thing is you could throw in, maybe try and get a veteran. Try and get someone in who's going to help bring out a, a like a mad dog mentality in that team. Like a... A, a, a bad boy Pistons defense style attitude to them, and then they, like you said, they become, they will become one of the teams that teams will not want to play in the playoffs because the way that they are coached, they're all about their defense, and um, they actually let go of um, Millsaps, uh, Elijah Millsap this week, um, Paul Millsaps, little brother, and you know all the praise. Quinn Snyder was like, "We're just getting rid of him because." You know, we want more minutes for another guy. It's not a case of he's a bad player. Like defensively, he's been great for them. Um, I just think they want to play a few more of the guys. And, you know, Raul Nito's been good when he's played for them. I think they've had a few surprises. The, the Jazz have been a, have been an organization the last few years that have made really smart, sensible picks and really good decisions when it comes to signing players. Like Gordon Hayward, his contract is going to look really good in the next few years. Um, Derek Favors is still really young. Like he's, you know, 24, I think Derek Favors is. Um, so he's coming into his prime at the moment and they're just going to be a really good team, but they're not, it's not going to happen straight away. But like you said, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. It's just a case of keep going because it's all there. They're, they're going to be one of those teams like your Timberwolves in four or five years time. They're going to be right at the top of the Western Conference. I think so. Okie dokie. Portland, 15 and 22. What do you think? Uh, give Terry Stotts a 50-year contract. That's <laughs> <laughs> another one of those yeah, feasible that. ones. <laughs> Just keep doing what they're doing. They run a good offense. 
they're developing guys. Lillard's been good. McCollum's been fantastic. They're getting stuff out of Aminu, which I never thought I'd see. Like shooting, I mean, good player. Yeah, yeah. Terry Stotts, good coach, good team, fun to watch. Yeah, they just keep keep it up basically. And as you're about to say, I mean, avoid the playoffs because they lose their pick and they could redo with that pick. Yeah, that is mine. Avoid the playoffs because you need that pick. If they make the playoffs, then that pick falls to the Nuggets, I think. So they really need to keep that pick. The one thing I just wonder about is that CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard backcourt, um, whether it can hold out. They're both very similar players. I know Lillard's usage is up a lot this season, but they've done as well as they can this season. They're a good, fun team to watch. They've got some good players um, they made some really good moves in the summer as well. They, I think they're just to just keep going and play as well as you're playing, but do not get that eighth seed because <laughs> you want that. If you're thinking of your future as opposed to now, you want that that draft pick. The only problem I think they've got is I think Damian Lillard wants to win now. He's one of those guys who's got that alpha dog mentality. He just wants to win all the time. That's the way he is. He did a hilarious post game interview the other day with. Um, a couple of guys, I think it was Gerald Henderson and CJ McCollum, and it was it was really great fun to watch. But I think that's the only issue there. You've got to balance his ego with the future of the franchise. Um, oh, sounds like Kobe. Um, anyway, Sacramento fourteen and twenty one. Keep Rajon Rondo and keep Boogie. That's about as simple as it is. Don't make any stupid moves, which is what this organization likes to do. Do that and uh, keep George Carl as well, because. I think they finally they've got someone who can Cousins has got to respect him. Like Carl's won over a thousand games. He's never gonna get a better coach unless he goes to the Spurs or the I don't know, the the Celtics or something. <laughs> but yeah, just keep George Carl, keep hope Rondo stay. I think he's only on a one year deal, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he runs out this summer. I hope he stays because I really think the numbers he's putting up is because of the system, not because of him necessarily. I think he suits this system better than going to anyone else. So yeah, do that. Keep those three. He's been a weird guy this year. He's had up at like moments of absolute sheer brilliance, like the player that we always knew he was. And then he's had the whole sort of gay slur thing and just problems off the court. And you don't know what you're getting with Rondo. It's really strange, but hopefully they keep it all together. Um, the Denver Nuggets, the 12 and 23. What do you think about uh, Mr. Robry's Denver Nuggets? They're doing about as well as they should be. Michael Malone is a good coach. There's a clear system there. I'm not sure. what They're one of those teams that they don't really have a lot of people who are good now, but they've got people who have potential. So you definitely, I think they need to get a real sort of offensive structure in place. Moody, I need to stop turning the ball over. <laughs> Maybe move Danilo Gallinari, possibly. Yeah, maybe. I would say move Wilson Chandler, but I forgot he was injured. So I was going to say, yeah. has Gallinari shown enough that you'd be able to get value back for him? I mean, a couple of years I ago, he was a phenomenal player. I think someone would take him, surely. But this problem is his defense. So yeah, yeah. De- Denver are one of those teams that I've not seen a lot of this year because they're not they're not bad, but they don't really have a lot of sort of exciting players yeah, no, 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 for no. me to, for no. me to stay up until half one in the morning and watch them <laughs> yeah they're not like the next team we'll talk about <laughs> um mine's the same just keep, well I, I'd, i've got keep the faith in emmanuel moody because the guy's talented he's there his combination of size strength you know his vision his ability to attack the rim he's got a bright future and you know f- 
just keep playing him. I think he's played 20, 29, 30 minutes a game and look at the roster around him. He's not going to do anything incredible um, this season. So I think you just got to keep the faith in him. Okay, moving on. Your Minnesota Timberwolves. 12 and 23. And I've just put Unleash Towns because he's got a three-pointer. He's got a great pure shooting stroke. Uh, he's got the mobility to extend himself out to the three-point line, yet they don't do it. Um, I think you're one of the lowest three-point shooting teams in the league. And then you sort of contrast that to a guy who's also picked in the draft in Kristaps Porzingis, who is arguably a lot less mobile. You know, Towns can run him off the court if he has to. But Porzingis is putting up better numbers because he's actually getting to shoot the three. So I think you've just got to do that because you, you're going to, you, you might be the best team in the Western Conference once the Warriors bug off and you all get to like, you know, middle age, mid, mid twenties. You, that, that, this, this roster's, I think these young guys are that good, especially Wiggins and Towns. I think so. We need to run a proper offensive system. It's so, oh, it's awful to watch. The only sort of saving grace is that Ricky Rubio can thread a needle somehow. He's fan, he's brilliant. Towns is good. We just need to shoot. It's not even about shooting more threes. We just need to create, oh, guess, a ball movement. That's the key. It's not about shooting threes. That's what a lot of teams have got them wrong. Teams like the Wizards. You don't have to shoot threes. You just have to move the ball. And I think we... <sighs> I could say oh, Sam Mitchell's not going anywhere till the end of the season, but that is that would be ideal because he's rubbish. If ta- if Towns can hit contested threes like he can hit normal contested twos, then the league needs to freak the hell out because the stuff Towns does this season, his highlight reel at the end of the year is going to be phenomenal for a rookie. He's just been incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I think everyone's extremely jealous that you get to what you're going to get to watch him grow up and play because him and Wiggins together are just, they are the guys to keep your eye on right now. If you're a, you're like a new NBA fan, keep your eyes on those two. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans are 11 and 22 at the moment. What do you, what do you think? Blow it all up? This is a tough one because they've just started to kind of get it together now. So they might make the playoffs, but I think, <laughs> a, I think a season of tanking would do them good. <laughs> Not tanking, but I no, I really do. I think this draft's quite deep in guards. They need a guard. I like Drew Holiday, but they could move him possibly. Mm. They've they've literally got the best young player in the NBA, and they they don't want to waste that. They've got him tied down to I think twenty twenty one. He's on a big deal, He's so on a huge contract, which is absolutely deserved. Oh yeah, like they're uh, banking on talent completely. But the problem they have is they they need to make the most of it. Like you can't do that whole Cleveland LeBron thing where you sort of give him as much money as you can, but you don't put any talent around him, or the talent you put around him is like aging Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I think what they've got to do is Gentry obviously wants to run his offense, but he doesn't have the players for it right now. And I think he's noticed that they've dropped in pace in the last couple of weeks. Just see the season out try and develop Davis he's not been very good this year I know well, everyone I expected he's got a so lot. much pressure on him that's ridiculous yeah. like going into Lee everyone's like he's going to be the MVP it's like well let him play first for God's sake <laughs> yeah they need a new GM they've got I think the second biggest payroll and if it, that, there's nothing wrong with that I have no problem with teams spending uh, um, money yeah but well, that's the only sheet problem that they've got <laughs> But if you look at a roster, like the Cavs, they've got the highest payroll. You look at their roster and you go, yeah, I can understand why. They've got Love, Irving, Del- not Delavado, Tristan Thompson, all those, LeBron as well. Then you look at the Pelicans, they've got Davis, very good. Holiday, pretty good. Evans, good. Yeah. Anderson, good. 
Then after that, they're paying Omar a sheik, like, I think for 12 million. He's terrible. He, like, he's not just not worth his contract. He is terrible at basketball. <laughs> he, he's not even a good defender anymore. That's what he was in Chicago, wasn't he? he was a yeah, defender. he signed that this summer as well, which is a, an even bigger kick in the well, Sorry, last summer. It was an even bigger kick in the face. It's like, why did you bother? <laughs> I think it'll help when Eric Gordon is off the off the books. He's on 15 mil, I think. And he'll be Eric gone Gordon's after the he's, he's a weird guy. Like he's just been floating around the league. Like when he was with the Clippers, he was fairly good, and then he's bounced around again. Like he ended up here. He's he's been okay, but he's been a big disappointment. I think. Yeah, I think the one like, the, if you have to look at the bright spots besides Andy Davis, I really like Norris Cole for them. Like I still think he's a good young player. He had that championship mentality in Cleveland, obviously with 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 a. And you said Michael Jordan then, uh, with LeBron James and, and Dwayne Wade. And, um, he's just basically coming to this team. And you saw it in the playoffs last year. It's one of the few guys who didn't seem really rattled by the situation because he'd been there and done that. So there, there's a few bright sparks, but yeah, like, like we've said, I think they, they do need to, to sort something out or they need to just hope that Omar Sheik starts playing like, a, you know, he's worthy of his contract, which I don't really think he has because his skill set's very limited. I think is the word, maybe one dimensional. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. They've just—it's going to be an interesting offseason. I hope they get a good draft pick, but Gentry has not walked into the situation he would have liked. Because when we, um, I think me and you podded after his appointment, and we were both saying, "Oh, it's a really good move. They're going to get forty-five wins." Going to be shooting threes, and it's going to yeah, be Davis chaos. Is going to be good. Holiday's going to be amazing. It's just. It's all falling apart. They had a lot of injuries at the start of the year, didn't they? Yeah. Evans went down. I think the day before the start of the year. So. You never know what it's just it's unfolding negatively but they'll be fine they've got Davis it's what happens in the NBA it's a game of luck the Warriors went through all the last season without getting many major injuries now they're having slight niggles with Curry again if that gets worse then they could be in trouble if it doesn't get worse then they'll be fine it's just it's just the way the NBA is and it's, it's a bummer because they play so many games and it's all new, another argument but whether you cut the season or do something like that I don't know um we don't want to go into that. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix Suns, they're 12 and 25 at the moment. Ross, our, uh, our Suns fan, is very pissed off, and I don't blame him. Um, this organization needs to stop pissing around because every time they look like they're going to be good, they do something stupid. Yes. Sorry, I don't know why I paused there. Um, they they need to blow it up. So I'm, I'm serious. Like, Ooh, they, I'll never blow it up. We're all going to blow this up. Their front court is terrible. Like Tyson Chandler has been one of the worst free agency signings. Markeith Morris, he couldn't care less. He really couldn't. <laughs> it's because his brother's gone. <laughs> TJ Warren's quite good. So they thing is they've got talent. It's not all on Hornacek. I don't rate him, but you can't put it all on him. They're another team who are trying to run a really quick offense when maybe they shouldn't be. With Tyson Chandler, you shouldn't be running a quick offense. <laughs> well, no, my D'Antoni fan now, didn't he, when he got him in New York? and It's frustrating. It really is, because I thought they'd be good. they got a lot of talent. So, yeah, the, I can really understand why Ross is annoyed, because they should have been better. Yeah, and I, now, I, I think Bledsoe's injured, isn't he, now? Yeah, he's he's gonna miss the remainder of the season. I think he teared his uh, meniscus or something. But he's yeah. he's in. You know, he's the guy who would have helped them really push those edge. I think they've there's bright spots like Brandon Knight's still a really good player. Um, Tiletovic is, is is good when he wants to be. The, the 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 really bright spot for me though is Devin Booker. Like he's been a great rookie, really good signing. 
Um, so hopefully they can, you know, sort something out. But last year and the year before, we, everyone was talking about this team as being an eighth seed and it's just dropped off. And they came out this week and had this whole argument about it's a, a millennial mindset or something that we're not committed to seeing a situation out or something then Goran Dragic came out and because he was asked what do you think of the, the, the situation in Phoenix and he came out and said they're always made, they, you know they start getting good and then they do something stupid the NBA is a, a a league now where you have to think not one step ahead but two or three you have to do what Daryl Morey did for years you know Houston were really mediocre for a good three or four seasons after they sort of lost Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming and those guys and then they they just made moves and moves and then they ended up with Harden. And that's just the way the NBA works. And, you know, you can't do what someone like the Brooklyn Nets have done and just gamble it all on bringing in some veterans or something. Luckily, the Suns, I don't think, are that stupid. But the way they're going at the moment, they are, they're in serious trouble considering the, the, you know, Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight are two of the better players in the league and they should be higher than they are. But maybe that's the problem. You've got two point guards who are that good or Brandon Knight is possibly a shooting guard, but. They both play fairly similar roles. Just, just, it's a strange one. the The good thing about Bledsoe being injured is that they're going to probably get a good dropping and they can get a power forward or a center with it. So, I guess every cloud does have that silver lining. But at least they got a good backcourt for the future. They're both very good. I think Hornacek will last about another couple of weeks. Yeah, if they keep sliding, they'll have serious issues. But like, you imagine what could have been. They were so close to getting Lamarcus, like having a chance at Lamarcus Aldridge in the summer, and they didn't get him. They ended up with Tyson Chandler instead. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Um, right, the last team. Oh god, do we have to talk about them? Um, the Los Angeles Lakers. They are eight and twenty-eight. They're bottom of the Western Conference. Do Do you want to go, or shall I just go? Well, we're both thinking the same. thing. I mean, thing. we're all thinking the same thing because it's the freaking Lakers. Um. Who's your uh, GM? Is it Bus? <laughs> yeah. He needs to go on... Yeah, Genie um, needs to get in there and throw him out. <laughs> well, that as well. Starters. Actually, I'll tell you who needs to do it. Jack Nicholson, he's a rich guy. He goes to every <laughs> Lakers game. He needs to go on uh, www.virgin.co.uk. He needs to book a one-way plane ticket to Guam and he needs to hand-deliver it to Byron Scott and say goodbye because he is... He's terrible. He is so... He's just... He's like he reminds me a bit of a bully, Byron Scott. Like just the way he speaks to people, he's clearly got no people skills. He said something the other day when the Lakers played Celtics. He said something like, "Jangelo Russell has no idea what this rivalry means." I just thought, why say that? Of course he doesn't. He's like nineteen years old. Of course he doesn't have any idea. Yes, yeah, you know, he's one of these guys who seems to just be pissing people off. He's a lot like Sam Mitchell. They're both very arrogant, and they've not got a lot to be arrogant about because they're both. <laughs> Pretty average. When you when you play in a championship team in the eighties and early nineties or whatever, you 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 have some form of arrogance about you. But uh, New Year's resolution: enjoy this Kobe Bryant thing. Enjoy it, milk it. Even you non Kobe fans, just you know, milk it in, take it because we're only going to get it for another five months or whatever, and then it's gone. You don't have to worry about it ever again. You ain't got to worry about all the is he the best player in the in the league and is he the best player of all time. That's all gone. Um, but the other thing is, I've got into I've I've just put looking into a future without Byron Scott. I think they've got to look ahead of him because, like you said, he hasn't got the the skills with the players. He tends to annoy players um joe johnson of the brooklyn nets came out recently and said he doesn't get on with young guys he doesn't like the the younger guys in the league and it's been perfectly clear to see with what he said to some of the guys and uh, it's just a mess this whole lakers situation and it's 
it, it's annoying because you, especially for for like myself as a Lakers fan, because you go and look at all the the other big, well, you know, uh, say big, the, all the, some of the larger market teams, the Knicks, Celtics, um, they've gone and start, started their rebuilds the right way, and they're not just you know keeping on guys who don't need to be kept on and signing guys just for the heck of it. They've actually tried to put some form of basketball sense into it, and it, it isn't happening. Um, D'Angelo Russell's been. I don't know if he's been a letdown because when he's played big minutes, he's been really good, but Scott doesn't let him play crunch time, which is the biggest problem you've got. Um, Roy Hibbert has not been what every, I, I think a lot of people expected him to be quite good this year. Um, to sort of maybe rekindle a little bit of his former self, but that hasn't happened. Jordan Clarkson's played well. Julius Randall has, he's, he's going to be a, a great NBA player. But Byron Scott has just not been giving him the minutes recently. And if, if I'm in charge, that for me, that's the biggest, single biggest reason to get rid of him is you need to play the young guys. I don't care if it's Kobe's last season. Let him play 10 minutes a game. The young guys need to get the experience and they need to get it now because before you know it, this generation of young talent in the, in the Lakers organization will be gone and you'll be on to the next load. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a weird situation for, for the Los Angeles Lakers to be in, but. I think you have to look forward to a future without Byron Scott, or you've got to change something up in the back room, like Joe was saying. You've got to remove one of the bus, you know, the the bus family, or at least get Jeannie in there because she seems to know what she's doing. Just do something different. That's basically it. Change up. <laughs> Stop being the Lakers. <laughs> Stop being Byron Scott's Lakers. Definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, another thing you could do is remove the arrogance of, as as an organization. Remove it. You're not like team. Yeah. Yourself. No, of- you're right. I think it the the one arrogance I saw was when Lakers. I you were going to go after Lamarcus Aldridge, and when he's got the Spurs chasing him, he's not going to go to Lakers. I don't think people care about going to a big franchise anymore. They want to go to a stable franchise. Yeah, and that's they, what the Lakers need to do. They've got the, the the young core is there. They just need to actually get someone in who's going to coach it properly, like Scott Skiles or dare I say Scott Brooks. I think Scott Brooks could make a big impact on some of these younger guys especially once Kobe goes but the the whole thing is I think they're trying to line themselves up to have a run at Russell Westbrook in the free agency in a few years time and at the moment he isn't going to he isn't going to pick on them because they're just a mess I think they need to sort it out now and they need to sort it out quicker you know soon sorry sooner rather than later because you're not going to impress Russell Westbrook with the situation as it is at the moment. Um, anyway, that's been a rather long podcast and I've probably got to go to bed because I've got work. <laughs> um, so if you've enjoyed the show, you can obviously review us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and we are now available on TuneIn, which is a, like a radio streaming service. So you can find us on there if you type in Double Clutch Podcast. Uh, the website, as always, is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. Please get involved with the conversation on Twitter using hashtag MBA in the UK. Um, you can go on Joe's website, which is read basketball, I believe. Is it dot co uk or dot com dot com dot com? Go on there, readbasketball.com for sort of more in depth, um, NBA articles. We've got the, the lighter side, the videos and things like that. Um, so yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll hopefully be back with a couple of more regular shows in the next few weeks. We've dropped off a little bit. I think it's safe to say over Christmas, but you know, it's the festive period. Everyone's busy. There's a lot of basketball on. We just sort of went out and enjoyed ourselves and um we'll get back to the grindstone now but we we hope you've enjoyed this super long um episode of the double clutch podcast uh-huh. <laughs> goodbye goodbye ladies and gentlemen it's damian lillard before we get to gerald henderson's great performances lately i want to start with cj mccollum cj you've been playing great for the portland trailblazers over the last week and a half what's going on with you 
Well, you know, we're missing an all-star in Damian Lillard, so I figure I have to step up my play a little bit more, be more efficient, more consistent. Tonight I had too, way too many turnovers, uh, missed free throws, and some careless possessions, but you know, I did enough for us to win down the stretch, but I'm just trying to pick up the slack until you get back. Without me being on the floor, what has everybody else done to make the game easier for you? Well, you got guys like Gerald Henderson, you know, being more aggressive, more assertive. You know, Mo Williams is attacking. And I told him that's that New York Mo. You know, he's been playing like he's from Malibu, you know, sometimes throughout the season. We need that New York Mo, that aggressive, going to dunk on you, Mo. Alan Crabb, cool breeze, has been knocking down shots, being aggressive. You know, another candidate for most improved. And then Myers Leonard. He can go on forever. <laughs> you ready for me to come back? I can, and I, I will, man. Hey. Can I get hey, a question? I, hey. hey. Hey, bring that back here, boy. <laughs> CJ, great job over the last week, man. Gerald. Damien. What was going on with you out there tonight, man? No, I was just being aggressive. You know, I was on the end of a lot of good passes. My teammates setting good screens. And, um, you know, just trying to be aggressive on both sides of the floor. I think it helped us win. I noticed you got a little bit frustrated out there, but you were able to use it in a positive way. You know, what was going through your head at that time? Well, you know, basketball is a physical game. You know, you're going to get calls. You may not get them. But, uh, you know, for me, that's, that's a good emotion. So I just take that and uh, use it on both sides of the floor. Well, you know, we talk in the locker room a lot about, the, you know, the way you move, the way you play. It's a lot like Kobe Bryant. You know, and you channeled your inner, your inner Kobe tonight. You, you agree with that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I feel old. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm just trying to do whatever helps us win, man. You know what I mean. Guys, great job. Thank you. Great job, guys. <laughs>